What is up, everybody? My name is Kid Icarus, and this is my podcast. I am back. I've been away for a while, but now I'm back to kick some butt at Wild Canyon. Uh, my guest today is my first uh, returning guest, old great old friend of mine, um, pastor at Hosanna Christian Fellowship. Please welcome Nathan Hamry. All right, and we are all set. Thank you so much nice. for sitting down with me again. Um, so I've got a few things to talk about this episode, um, and, but I got to start out on something that um, I'm just going to rant to you for a while. Sure. Because uh, last night was UFC 278, I think. Okay. Um, it was Kamara Usman versus Leon Edwards, and for the past... Three years, Kamara Usman has been, he's the most dominant champ in the UFC. Out of okay. all the divisions, welterweight's the one where it's like, yeah, he's not losing his belt. All right. Um, last night, he lost his belt. Um, dun, dun, dun. In a fight that I had very low expectations for. I was like, if anyone's going to do it, it's not Leon Edwards. <coughs> um, first round of the fight... Leon Edwards, who is a kickboxer, versus Kamara Usman, who made his way into championshipness by um, wrestling people and being complained about being a boring fighter because he just ah he's grappling people the whole time right. and it's boring. Um, first round, Leon Edwards takes Usman down and gets his back for the last minute and a half of the round and is going for a choke the whole time and it's like whoa, this is some serious danger. Wow. Uh, Usman turns it around for the next three and a half rounds and is beating Leon Edwards to the point where in the fourth and the early fifth round, Leon Edwards looks like he's given up. Like, he's right. not moving good. He's looks exhausted. He's barely throwing anything. And then with a minute left in the last round, Leon Edwards throws a jab. Kamar Usman ducks out of the way of the jab. To catch Leon Edwards' shin against his chin and got knocked out cold. Wow. And Leon Edwards took the belt. And it was <coughs> absolutely wild. That's nuts, um, man. Yeah. So I, just because just cause I'm <laughs> such a fan and because it happened yesterday, I have to have that on here. Right. On um, record. Yeah. Uh, also, right before that was uh, Luke Rockhold's uh, first fight since 2019. He was the middleweight champion okay. in 2016. Um, he had been injured in 2019 um, and had a couple fights planned, but they got canceled, so it's yeah. been a while. Um, and he had a weird fight against Paulo Costa um, that was... He looked tired from uh. a minute in, but every time he would throw... And he's he's a thinner dude. Paulo, Paulo Costa looks like a monster. Yeah. Like He is shredded and thick. Luke Rockhold's a little bit taller, looks a little bit thinner, like he doesn't look too strong, but every time he would throw, he'd throw particularly a left hook that, that would catch Palakasa like upper neck, bottom of the chin, and rock him every time, <laughs> even though like Luke Rockhold was walking around like arms low, he was putting his hands on his knees, he wow. was exhausted, but every once in a while he'd bah, and Palakasa was just, ooh, um, <laughs> Eventually, it, it went to the judges, and he lost all three rounds, but um, it was 
interesting fight. Yeah. <laughs> the, the the last last thirty seconds, um, Paulo Caso had taken Luke Rockhold down, and Luke Rockhold at this point was bleeding out of his nose right. like wild. Um, Luke Rockhold eventually reversed the position, was on top of Casa, and just started rubbing his nose blood oh, all over oh, Paul Casa's oh face for like 10 seconds. He's like, this fight's over. Uh, um, psychological warfare. Yeah, and then he ended up uh, retiring after the, the fight. Like, he he was sad. He, he was on the verge oh, of crying the whole man. time, and it was like, whoo, this was an interesting fight to be <coughs> off on yeah um, yeah me and my dad were talking about how like <laughs> every fighter wants to go out on a win yeah but like not very many do yeah. normally it's it's a couple fight losses and then they're finally like all right this is I was it say, by the time they get to that retirement point it's almost like you should have already retired yeah but you hung on a little too long mm-hmm. and now you're gonna go out in a Kind of a sad blaze of glory. <laughs> but it was a it was a, it was a good fun fight, one though. to see because yeah. I went into it thinking he was going to get knocked out early. Got I it. didn't give him any chance against Paulo Costa, and the fact that he survived and yeah. every time he landed, he stunned Paulo. Like it was so he put on a good fight, good, you know? yeah. Or, you know, considering I guess. Yep. And so that's <laughs> that's my uh, UFC rant that I had to get out of the way. Nice. All right. Um, good stuff. So let's get to you yeah um, so <coughs> Sorry, a couple that's oh, all good I, you, you do whatever noise you want to this mike i just he's, preach he's for an hour fan. so my throat's all scratchy yeah um so a couple of big things have been going on for the past um month or so in the church um yeah. and so first one i want to talk about is realm of shadows uh let's, yeah let's um, get into that i don't know if we've talked about it on the previous podcast so why don't you don't, lay out what yeah, it is i don't think we did uh realm of shadow is a uh, it's a ministry of hosanna now mm-hmm. uh, but it started out our worship leader ron love at the church he's um he's a big fan of of you know horror culture mm-hmm. right and not so much horror it's just he's always he's always loved creating a, a display on his porch and handing mm-hmm. out candy because for him even from the very beginning it was always a great evangelistic opportunity mm-hmm. right we always say you know halloween is the one day of the year where people literally come to your door and yeah. say give me something mm-hmm. right it's 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 not the it's not the Jehovah's Witnesses coming to your door saying we want to talk to you mm-hmm. you know, and so he's always taken advantage of it. And I think he started like 14 years ago, like with a little display on his porch, good candy, gospel tracks, right? And then that grew, and then that grew, and I think oh man, I don't even remember now how long he was doing that, but at some point. It turned from a little porch display to his whole driveway. Mm-hmm. Like, and he has one of those kind of long driveways where the garage is set back from the house. Yeah. And and I remember getting involved at that point because I thought, oh, that's fun. Like, mm-hmm. I like building things, you know. Yeah. And so, and, I was like, and showmanship. Showmanship. Yeah. The the performance of it. It's just, it's, it was just a fun outlet for me creatively, yeah. right? As a musician and stuff, it's like I got this creative bug, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, oh, fun. And then, you know, scaring people was, was just fun. Like, you know, I'm like jumping out of a corner going, boo. Mm-hmm. I mean, still to this day, I just, so much joy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, nobody likes being scared, but it's just like, and uh, so, so it was like this neat combination of being able to get gospel tracks out and yet have a creative outlet. So I got involved just helping. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, my involvement then turned into like, I would always have these crazy ideas. Oh, 
we could do this. Yeah. We could do this. And then, of course, like, you know, I've gone to Not Scary Farm, right? And then I, I look at all the mazes there and go, oh, my gosh, that's so cool how they do that, you know? Um, and so I started becoming more of, like, Ron's partner in the ministry. Mm-hmm. And then so then it grew from his driveway all the way across his front yard. Yeah. So, um, the is his house the where place that used to take place? The one year I like drove by, yeah, right no, there. that was in Bellflower. That yeah. was that was a different story, and okay. I'll get to that. His house, he he lives in Pico Rivera, so I won't give his address, but that's where yeah. he lives. <clears throat> and so, we kept building and building and getting more elaborate. Mm. That's when I like discovered there's this whole world of like prop animatronic hardware yeah. that exists. Mm-hmm. Who knew, right? And um and and so I started getting involved in designing the maze and designing the scares and all this stuff, and what we found out was was the cooler the maze was, mm-hmm. or I say cooler, the more fun and entertaining the maze was, the more people came to it. Yeah. And for us, that was a win-win because more people means more gospel tracks were getting out, right? So so we kept trying to make the maze better and better, you know. Um, so that more people came. Well, it became this community like um, landmark in Pico Rivera. Mm-hmm. Like people that that had grown up in the neighborhood going to the maze would literally move hours away and drive back every Halloween just to go through the maze in Ron's front yard. So we thought, hey, we're on, kind of onto something here, right? There's a draw with this thing. So anyways, it, it grew to the point where it was so big. Um, I think it was 2018. Um, Pico Rivera finally, or somebody in the neighborhood complained. Pico Rivera came and said, you, this has gone from a maze to you're building a structure mm-hmm. <laughs> and you need permits and all this stuff for that. So we, we had one year where we kind of wrestled back and forth with Pico. They let us do the maze, but it was that was it. Mm-hmm. And that's when we started looking for other, other opportunities, other areas. With that, um, Ron was was capitalizing on the outreach opportunity of this because apparently, and this is another thing I learned through Realm of Shadow, was there's this huge haunt community, yeah. right? I mean, I got not Scary Farm and Universal and all that, but but there's people that build haunts in their front yard, and there's tons of them. Mm-hmm. So it's this weird underground community nobody knows about unless you're in the community. Well, we get introduced to the community. That introduces us to uh, Midsummer Scream, which is the largest Halloween convention in Southern California. Um, gets us introduced to Rick West, who's the owner of that convention. And long story short, um, in 2019, we got invited to build our maze at the convention in what is called the Hall of Shadows. Mm-hmm. And we're like, wait, what? You know, they're like, yeah, yeah, no, we, we, we hand select, you know, some, some local haunts. And we have them come into the convention center and you build your maze or a preview of your maze or whatever. And yeah, and we have 30,000 people at the convention. And we're like, okay, we were reaching like 200 in Ron's front yard every season. And we're like, 30,000 people to yeah. get the gospel tracks to? So 2019, we built it midsummer, And uh, we reached uh, 4,000 people walked through our maze in two days. And... Um, and we were just like, that's great, right? Yeah. And then uh, that was also the year where we're like, we need another location. So that was when we were in Bellflower. And um, that was actually a ministry house, that um, uh, a ministry that, that we had worked with in the past. It was like a, like a girl's home. Yeah. And so it had this massive backyard. And we're like, hey, could we build the maze back here? And they let us. And that was 2019 and then COVID. Yeah, that was um, a year that I went to go check it out um, and then saw the line. Yeah. And I, I was alone, so I was like, I'm not going to wait in this line because it was packed. Yeah, we, that year, now, of course, we were coming off Midsummer Scream in 2019, mm-hmm. right? So we got this massive exposure. Yeah. And then at Midsummer, 
we handed out flyers to say, here's where we're going to be in October. Oh, okay. So massive exposure. And so October comes. And mind you, in Pico Rivera, our largest night, I think, was pushing towards 300 people. Like, And we were like, crazy. That's crazy busy. And that's yeah. multiple nights. Like, we would do the whole Halloween weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, if that's what it was. And then in 2019, we did the weekend before, right? So we had like five or six nights. Yeah. 300 people the whole time. And we're just like over the moon, like, oh, that's so many people. Praise God, you know? Then we go to Midsummer, reach 4,000 in two days. Mm-hmm. And and then we go to the backyard in 2019. And I think in we were open for six nights that year and we reached almost 1,000 people Yeah, in, in a local backyard hunt. Yeah. So at that point, we were just like, this is this is a neat opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know. And so. then immediately the world was shut down. And then down. immediately the world shut down. Yeah, that was the big bummer for us. No conventions, no nothing. Mm-hmm. And so 2020 was dark. 2021, we were like, restrictions had kind of started to pull back. Yeah. And so I remember it was uh, the summer of 2021. We said the restrictions at that point was um, Halloween. We're going to let Halloween happen, right? The powers that be, our our gracious overlords. Mm -hmm. We're going to let Halloween happen. So we start building, planning to build the maze in a different backyard here in Bellflower, a member of our church. Mm -hmm. They're like right up against a riverbed. So they have these like old horse properties. Yeah. Massive backyard. So we had this Herculean task of like clearing the, clearing the, the, um, the, the weeds and everything. And so we start building. And then like two weeks before Halloween, COVID's ramping back up. So again, our gracious overlords are like, no Halloween, no mazes, no nothing. Shuts us down. Yeah. So we're bummed. And then, um, and then that brings us to 2022. Restrictions are now super lax. Everything's open again. Uh, request from Midsummer Stream calls up Ron. Says, hey, we're doing the convention. You guys want in? And, and we, we did it. So we're back at the convention this last uh, summer. Uh, it was just a month ago or so. Mm-hmm. And then so now we're you know gearing up towards yeah october and so each each year there's been like a different um a different theme a different story in the maze what yeah what have they been throughout the years oh gosh um let's see one year you gotta restart are we good oh yeah we're good i'm just hey we're flipped we're on the other side of the mm-hmm. <laughs> oh storage is full yeah yeah we tried video. Yeah. Um, let's see. Themes. One year, the theme was uh, a, like an alien invasion, kind of like, you know, laboratory that aliens broke into, mm-hmm. which incidentally, I wasn't even there for that year. <laughs> that was the year I didn't make it. <clears throat> We've done... Um, uh, one year, it was the, the theme was uh, just kind of like your traditional haunted house, right? So the driveway was the house, and the front yard was actually the backyard of the property. Okay. And so it for me, I would always I'd be like, try and tell a story, mm-hmm. right? Um, before that, it was just whatever made sense. You know, there was no real theme to it. But once we started doing the uh, the theme stuff, we did the the haunted house where we had this uh, story of a house that um, had been had like some like kind of uh, evil demonic presence. Right, and um, the family disappeared. We, we kind of had this narrative track playing through the maze. So as you went into each room of the thing, it was the narrative would continue. Um, 
2018, our theme was um, uh, famous classical horror. So we basically like Frankenstein and Dracula uh, and stuff. Uh, less, more recent than that. Okay. Yeah. So more like the '80s horror movies. So up to current. So we had like a room that had like a Michael Myers in it. We had a mm-hmm. room that had uh, the the. Um, Oh gosh, Pennywise. We had a room with uh, a scene from this movie called The Strangers. Mm, you know, yeah. we we had we had a room with a Slenderman. We had, actually had an actor up on stilts in a Slenderman costume in like a forest, and mm-hmm. so so it was kind of the homage to all the current and 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 kind of popular or famous pop culture horror references. Twenty nineteen, we did a temple, and that was completely one hundred percent governed by Midsummer, because they said our theme is. Tropical Jungle Scare. Oh. So really? we're like, we're like, okay, well, let's follow. They said, you don't have to follow the theme, but but we said, well, yeah, we'll follow the theme. So we made a, a temple. We called it the Temple of the Fallen God, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. I did not, I would never have guessed that that wasn't your guys's like, completely yeah. conceptual thing. Yeah, they, they just said jungle, and I thought, well, jungle temple, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we leaned into the whole... And that's where the story came from. That is kind of the current ongoing story behind mm-hmm. Realm of Shadows Mazes. You know, it was, uh, I remember Ron got all excited about writing a backstory. And so the temple had this backstory where, you know, uh, using using me or, you know, a person with my name, right? Dr. Nathan Hamry, mm-hmm. you know, uh, my great grandfather, you know, blah, 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 blah. This whole backstory you could actually read on the website, realmofshadow.org, I believe it is. So, um, so we did the temple theme, and then since the temple was built for midsummer, then we built the temple in October for the backyard. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then, uh, of course, then the latest one was okay. Let's do a new theme. Midsummer, when they were uh, planning to do a convention in 2020 before it got shut down, they said our theme is is your traditional haunted house. So Ron went with we're going to do the attic of Hamry Manor. You know, building on the story of Dr. Nathan Hamry's, you know, relative who got, you know, messed up in this bad stuff. And so that's kind of the evolution of the themes, you know. Um, I like the, the theme because it's, it's like telling stories. Yeah. Right? So the concept of walking through a narrative story always kind of made sense to me. So. Yeah. What? So conceptually, it's uh, been both of you guys coming up with the, the stories, yeah? Well, me and Ron's partnership, uh, or Ron and I, I should say, <laughs> proper English, our partnership always developed around, um, he was more of the, uh, I kind of led the charge with, with the what we're going to do with the concept. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't necessarily come up with the concept, like the temple, yeah. The jungle temple that was midsummer. Mm-hmm. They just said tropical jungle, and I thought temple, right? And then uh, me and Ron kind of collectively together talk about the story. What's the story all about? Yeah. You know, and so in our temple, it was this this temple of a of a of a fallen god. We called it the fallen god, which is like a non god entity, mm-hmm. right? Because um, people we catch a lot of slack from people who are not not on board with us doing Halloween yeah. as, as Christians. But so, you know, it's, it's obviously not a fallen god. It's a demonic entity. And the, and the whole message of our mazes is always that, like, you know, the light shines, light wins, right? Yeah. That's kind of the underlying, you know, victory. But so, I, so we take the concept and me and Ron would talk and go, okay, what kind of story can we tell? 
And so I'm always dreaming from the perspective of tech and hardware and animation, mm-hmm. right? Ron's always dreaming from, from the, the story, the story and the decoration, right? Yeah. And that's why our partnership worked really well, mm-hmm. because, like, for example, um, in 2017, where I go walk into Home Depot during Halloween season, and they have all their props and animatronics, and they have this 10 foot spider prop yeah and i i look at it and the first thing that comes to my mind is if i could animate that that would be scary that would scare the snot out of people and um so long story short i i go hey ron i saw this spider i sent him a picture i go i want to do this no idea why or how it tied into the story yeah but i just i just want to make this 10 foot spider i mean i kid you not not exaggerating 10 feet in diameter it's it's terrifying and i thought i could do something with this so we buy it um and then it took me three years to actually figure out how to animate it properly. Oh, yeah. Like the first version one, 2017, was a disaster. It didn't work well at all. 2018, minor upgrade on it. Um, and then by 2019, I figured out the mechanism. Yeah. And all it did was it, it was sitting on a platform and it would shoot the spider forward at you and pull it back using pneumatics. Mm-hmm. That was it. But you you oh, walk through this. It's that word again. Yeah. Pneumos. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Pneuma. Air and breath. Mm. but um but the spider like tied into oh well come on you know some ancient jungle temple yeah sure you're gonna have a a, a, a layer spider. with shiloh in it or something yeah. you know trademark uh, tolkien and uh and and so i thought oh how cool can we you know we could use that mm-hmm. and then of course i leaned into the oh temple indiana jones right yeah. raiders of the lost ark and so we leaned into this whole like lost archaeologists that have been mm-hmm. trapped there and you know and, and and they can't die so they're like in this in this state you know yeah and um that leaned into like realm of shadow the way i've explained it to people they're like what is this all about as a ministry and i was like look here's how i look at it um every human being in the world today is walking in between light and darkness mm-hmm. right now of course the bible's like if you're not in the light you're in darkness but for the sake of my metaphor you know, people are going, oh, I'm not choosing to worship the devil, but I don't believe in God, right? Mm-hmm. They're in this shadow, this realm of shadow, right? Mm-hmm. And we're here to pull them into the light, you know? So we leaned into that with the temple, mm-hmm. you know? And um, so Ron would do story, largely story and decorations. Then that would springboard me where I'd start going, oh, oh, we could, we could do this animation or I can make this prop do this, yeah. you know? Did you ever see the, um, the Jim Henson reality show? I don't think I have. Okay. Do you ever watch Face Off? I used to. I've seen okay. episodes of it. Yeah. Face Off, I believe the Jim, I think it was called Jim Henson's Creature Shop. And I believe it was the same people who made Face Off. Okay. And it was very similar in the sense that it was one of those competition reality shows where they would uh, make a new animatronic puppet every episode. Nice. And it was, yeah, fascinating the way <laughs> that they would. They would get, like, the concept, and the first thing would be, like, okay, so are we going to have somebody in this puppet, or is it going to be triggers? And they would show them, like, design the way the triggers would interact with the stuff they would build and stuff. Ironically enough, the thing that drove us towards animation Mm -hmm. was a lack of actors. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, we had a year where we just, people weren't available, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm like, well, you know... You got to have movement. You got to have something because, again, our maze. It's like we we strictly like look. We're not going to celebrate demonic occult. Mm-hmm. We're not gory and gross. It's not about guts and blood everywhere. We're yeah. we're jump scares, right? Mm-hmm. You know, boo! That's it, right? That's 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 what our thing's all about. While we're telling our story, and so without actors, 
nothing's moving nothing's jumping at you nothing's and so one year we didn't have a lot of actors and i started going how do i animate this stuff because they do it at knots Mm -hmm. they do it at universal and and then of course you know in the beginning i'm like well of course they can do it they're movie studios with billions of dollars but then come to find out they don't they don't spend a whole ton of money on their stuff they they really do it on a budget and so, of course, you know, some trips to knots. Hey, how'd you guys do that? How'd you guys do that? Start learning little tips and yeah. tricks. But, yeah, it was a lack of actors. Where where are your, um, like, f- favorite horror movie genres? Like, where, where are the horror movies that you're like, oh, this was, this was big on me when oh. I was young? Well, I grew up with the classics. I'm, I'm assuming slasher films were your era? 80s slasher flicks. Okay. That, that was... My mom t- t- is, was a huge horror fan, still is to this day, um, loves it. You know, the scarier, the better, mm-hmm. right? Um, now, and, and she's, she was real broad-based, but in the 80s, it was all slasher flicks, yeah. right? So Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween mm-hmm. and um, all of that genre of stuff is what I grew up on. You know, my mom, you know, used to love me and my friends are sitting in the den watching a scary movie, Lights Off, and she would sneak in with, like, the phone book and slam it on the coffee table right at the scary spot, mm-hmm. right? That, that was my life as a kid. So that's why I enjoyed spooks and scares. I, I yeah. enjoy getting scared. Like, mm-hmm. that's, you know. But but I know the, the, the connotations of it all. So yeah. I was like, so there's things I stay away from. I'm not a fan of, like, uh, like gory stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, um, a gratuitous gore for the sake of gratuitous gore. Yeah. It's like, come on. It's, you're just trying to... That's not even scary. It's how gross yeah. can we be, right? Like the Saw movies, mm-hmm. you know? I remember Saw 1. I was like, wow, that's that's intense, you know? Yeah. And then they just got more and more, you know, creative in their gore. But mm-hmm. it, it wasn't scary to me. Um, the stuff that always gets me is anything that's suspenseful mm-hmm. and, and jump scares. Yeah. You know? Um, Anything that's you know it's got the the, the 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 tension music behind it, and then the yeah. thing jumps out around the corner. So I I've never gotten into um, slasher films. Mm. Um, I think they were, I mean they were definitely before my time. Right. And like as far as the movies I've gone back to watch, the ones that interested me most were the Cronenberg. Um, <coughs> body horror stuff have you seen like videodrome and the fly and stuff right right just the things that are um that i love because i love practical effects yeah i i think practical effects are the coolest things because they get so weird and they're like innately uncanny valley in a way that cg effects aren't yeah like cg effects get too polished and clean yeah where you're not as like oh that's not right yeah it's it's um yeah again it's just the <clears throat> the and even the thing about slasher fix in the 80s for me mm-hmm. the the slasher part wasn't what what entertained yeah. me right you know the oh yeah. the knife comes down and stuff and it's like yeah i don't want to glorify that type of violence mm-hmm. and stuff but it was just the, the the suspense leading up to it that moment was I'll, what was fun. I'll tell you what, you know? though. I guess this might be considered a slasher. One, of, Some of my favorite movies of all time are the Evil Dead trilogy. Oh, yeah. I think they're so fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you why. Because I, when I was a kid, I saw Army of Darkness. Because that one's a fun, lighthearted comedy. Yeah. Um, and then as I got older, I saw Evil Dead 2, which yeah. again fits more, it's much more horrific, it's much more of a yeah. horror movie, 
but it's still a comedy. Yeah. And it wasn't until one or two years ago that I saw the original Evil Dead. Mm. Um, and I was blown away by how cowardly Ash is. Because in my whole experience of him, he was the, the hero. tough guy. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. Um, and so I saw the original one, and he is cowering in yep, a corner yep. for a majority of the movie right. until like the last <clears throat> ten minutes. He finally fights back. Yeah. Um, and so I had never seen a series that had such a strong character arc. Right. Like what tends to happen is they'll have an arc through the first movie. And then they'll kind of reset in the next movie yeah. and have the arc again. Those movies, though, they he goes from being this coward to this brash hero. Yeah. Um, and then in the second one, he's a jaded hero that gets pulled back into it. And by the third one, he's just so over it. That <laughs> yeah, he's a, the, the quintessential, for me, the reluctant hero. Like, yeah. He's just like, I'm done with this. Like, yes. Let me live a normal life. And, and it's, <laughs> it's, so, it's so great that that's... That's where the comedy comes from yeah. because he's so like I'm I'm used to this. Like yeah. this isn't horror to me. Right. I've been here three times right. where like right. you get a series like the Friday the 13th series where it goes on for 10 movies, but I assume each one of them's still a horror, right? The yeah. people are still afraid, but like after you've seen all of it three times you're like i'm well, the trope I'm over this the trope becomes new group of people that yeah. are the, the the victims in the movie right mm -hmm. and but there's always one from the previous movie who brings in the legend or the story right yeah and then that trope gets just hammered over and over and over to the point where you're like come on you know have you seen um have you seen the new predator the latest one yeah yeah um prey yeah Okay, I haven't seen it yet. Oh. I think it looks great, um, but I saw an Instagram post recently that was like, Prey should be the template for horror movie sequels in the Ooh. sense that we should have Final Destination in feudal Japan or we should have um, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street in the Middle Ages or something, yeah. uh, which I think is a great idea. I would love I've... to see Final Destination in feudal Japan. <laughs> that would be interesting. Um, yeah, it's... Um... I won't spoil the movie for you, but it was good. It was good? It, yeah. it wasn't like the greatest thing ever, mm -hmm. right? I might have had expectations a little bit too high, but well done. Well, well done. I'll tell you what. My expectations are as low as possible. <laughs> I, did you see the one before that? Uh, uh, they've the been, Predator? They, they've been pretty terrible. The, the yeah. one with um, the like military the, the, the group and the kids. Predator or whatever. Um, it, was, <clears throat> it was like an autistic kid, and he had mm -hmm. like a... It was it was very poorly done, yeah. and I Olivia Munn was in it. Okay. Uh, that might be a sign of the quality <laughs> of it. Um, but it was I, I sat through maybe half an hour of it before I was yeah. like, "This is not good." I didn't see any of the Predators after uh, the first Predator versus Alien. Okay, because Predator versus Alien started. It was. I was like, oh, come on. It like, started like a downward slope. It started being cheesy and just ridiculous. And <laughs> and, uh, and then they had Predator versus Alien Requiem. Mm -hmm. I never saw that. And then I never saw any of them after that. Okay. So so my buddy came over because he, I mean, we're we're fans, you know, from, from our high school yeah. ages when the first one came out. He's like, dude, pray. Ah, ah, ah. And I'm like, all right. And so he came over when, it, when the day it debuted and we watched it together. Yeah. And he was filling me in on some of those other movies. And I'm like. That sounds terrible, but yeah, they did a great job. They did um, a great job. Yeah. I, the Alien vs. Predator may be the first one I saw um, mm. out of all of them because yeah. you know I was 
too young to see the originals right, right, when right. they came out. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've watched the original Predator all the way through. <coughs> I've definitely seen like the last hour or so of it. Yeah. Um, I've seen Aliens, not Alien. Um, okay. And I've seen Alien 3 and 4. Yeah. Um, I had the Alien vs. Predator game before watching any of really? it. Really? The oh, wow. one from like the early 2000s that yeah. was like a... Um, command and conquer style like it was oh, a yeah. real-time strategy yeah it was awesome wow i was a huge fan of it uh so when the movie came out i was yeah. like oh i gotta see it and i i like the first alien vs predator um the second one's not good no nope. uh predators nope. predators the one with uh adrian brody where they go to the predator planet i watched I like that. that one yeah i watched that because my buddy said hey this one was actually kind of decent yeah and so i found it and watched it and i was like okay it was good yeah it's good um, yeah, I, I, I'm a fan of, the, I've actually liked the second one too with, um, lethal weapon guy. Uh, yeah. That, that well, was see, fun. The, the thing is like, for me, I'm like, I, I tell people, I'm like, oh, you got to go watch the originals, right? Yeah. Now the downside is you go watch the originals and it's like it, the cinematography and stuff is definitely eighties. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you're like, it's just bad off the bat because mm-hmm. it's an eighties style movie. But if you could get past that and just listen to the story, get the yeah. story. Um, well done. Predator 2, yeah, the whole concept of Predator in modern, you know, uh, suburban, you know, Southern mm-hmm. California or wherever it's at. Great story. But yeah. gosh, it just went downhill after that, you know? Because yeah. I have comics, like the original oh, yeah. Predator versus Alien comics. Yeah, I should probably look up how much those are worth now. But but I have a whole series, and it was the first time in, in any media where the Predator and Alien went up head to head. Great comic book series, you yeah. know. I mean, if you're a sci-fi fan, and then of course that's kind of like sci-fi horror. The alien thing gets into that, mm-hmm. and um, but yeah, the original Alien movie, yeah, it was terrifying. The yeah. way they did the Alien in that, terrifying, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I remember people going, "Oh, it's a sci-fi movie." I'm like, "No, it's a horror movie." Yeah, it really is. A my movie. my dad says that uh, when he first saw, it, he kept his kept his feet up on the chair in the theater because <laughs> yeah. he was afraid the alien was going to run by. Um, creepy stuff i just watched uh the black phone recently have you black seen phone. anything about that no it's a new ethan hawk movie where he plays a uh, kidnapper um really? kidnaps a kid and it's about the kid trying to get away um Yikes. and he there's a phone on the wall in the room that he's being kept that's not connected to anything but he keeps getting calls from the other kids that were in there before him and they're giving him like tips on how to escape yeah it's um it's pretty good wow uh the the marketing for it made it seem like it was going to be this like really dark and creepy movie um it ended up being kind of like an r-rated goosebumps okay like it, it's 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 got a vibe to it that's um, kind of like Stranger Things, yeah. where it's yeah. the story itself is kind of bright, where um, there's some coating on it yeah. that gives it a darker feel. Right. But it's like oh, that's kind of yeah, but it's yeah. a it's a hopeful story wrapped yeah. in wrapped in uh, some some uh, tension. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of the uh, more theatrical supernatural horror um as opposed to like i'm not a fan of the um like the grudge or the ring style mm. or um yeah also not a fan of the saws or hostile style of yeah. torture yeah um, that's just but it's uh not, it's not even scary it's just how gr- how graphic can we be yeah right but the uh insidious style of supernatural where they're there's a lot of like how can we make this 
ghost look cool. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love yeah. seeing because Insidious. <coughs> when I first saw that, that that one blew me away because he goes to that other world and the character design in the other world has that like um, Americana like 1950s yeah. style, but it's all in blue and everyone's faces are right. like twisted and stuff. And yeah. I I love that. <laughs> I love the creativity to be like, how can we? How can we be creepy without just playing on somebody's fear of death or right. something? Well, it that for me is like the the classic Twilight Zones. Yeah, you know, um, like there's this one episode to this day creeps me out. You know, mm. and there was nothing graphic or horror about it. It was an episode where this um, this guy, I'm, I'm probably gonna butcher it, but this this guy ends up getting um, he, he has surgery on his face. Mm-hmm. And the whole episode, the whole premise of the episode is is he's he's horribly disfigured, and they're trying to fix it so that he can integrate into society, right? So the whole episode, he has this box over his face. Um, you never see the doctors, you never see the nurses, right? Or it was a girl, maybe it was a girl. Yeah, yeah, it was a girl. The pig face one. The pig face one, right? Yeah. And to this day, I'm just like, it was just a, it was a horrifying reveal mm-hmm. and and it wasn't even like great makeup and stuff but when you get the reveal that she's this you know beautiful woman and there but she's d- gross and disgusting cuz she doesn't have the pig snout yeah i was just like how oh it just felt so creepy and weird and yeah. i'm like that kind of like shocking reveal stuff mm-hmm. when it scares you is good um, the modern day a lot of like the paranormal type stuff I don't. I don't enjoy any of that for different reasons. Yeah. You know, the reasons I never enjoyed that as a horror genre is because what it's playing on, I believe, are yeah, truths. The... There's truths of mm-hmm. demonic and spiritual activity, but when when it gets when those truths get turned into entertainment, then what it does is say, "Oh, the truths must not be real. They're just Nasty. entertainment." Yeah, and and then I'm like, "Well, you know, as a as a Christian, a believer, right? No, there's some real spiritual truths we need that are life and death." Mm-hmm. And so I've always stayed away from that genre and, and didn't watch him, didn't encourage it because I don't want people to think, oh, oh yeah, you know, the God and the devil, that's just a story. That's just fake. It's like, yeah. well, no, there's truth to that. Mm-hmm. You know? Anyways, but yeah, the, the, just the, the shocking reveals, those always got me. The, the, when, when reality's distorted a little bit, you know, and you're just like, oh, that's creepy. You did know? you ever play the Legacy of Cain games? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was, I watched, um, this, like an hour and a half long video about uh, Soul Reaver the other day about because wow. those games the um, world that's built in those games is fascinating. I don't remember any of the lore. No. Yeah, um, the I remember playing. I played the first one as a kid, and I remember um, we used to have the Mormons come over to the house, um, and one of <laughs> them was like, "Oh, you're playing Soul Reaver? I love that game." And I was like, "Hey, you're a cool Mormon, right? Right." Um, <laughs> But yeah, in the in the game, um, your character is the firstborn vampire son of Cain, okay. and you grew wings, and Cain sees that as a threat to his power, so he breaks your wings and throws you into a whirlpool where you waste away for a thousand years yeah. until you come back. Um, but in the original game, which I never played, but um, found out through these videos, Cain is like a nobleman who gets killed and comes back as a vampire and goes on this goes on this mission to uh, restore the tower of balance or something. Okay. And at the end of the game, you're given a choice where you can either restore the tower of balance 
<coughs> and that'll kill you and kill off all the vampires. Or you can destroy it and be king, and that'll yeah. destroy the balance in the world. Wow. And so when Soul Reaver starts, that's set after Cain with the realization that the canonical ending is that he destroyed the balance and became king. I had no idea. Yeah, right? Wow. Um, yeah, and it's a, it's an amazing world that yeah. they build. Yeah. Um, I, I love that they... Um, it's so far removed from reality is something I love that they yeah. have the creativity to create this world that's yeah. like that's nothing like reality where yeah. the stakes are so high yeah um, but at the same time I kind of think that that is like reality that we're given a choice to either die and <laughs> die to uh, ourselves balance yeah. to the world or um, preserve ourselves and become the reason the world's so corrupted it 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 all i i mean you know you know me and i say this yeah. you know i believe that <clears throat> it all has roots back mm-hmm. into what is what is spiritually true yeah. you know a spiritual truth right um it, it all has roots right mm-hmm. all of it is you know even you go all the way back to like the stories of you know the flood Right, you know, and there's a, there's a spiritual truth there, there's a biblical, there's a real truth, historical truth there, and then you have all the branches and variations of that story that have permeated different cultures, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's all the same with all the truths, right? And so, then you got all these stories and stuff that build from that, and and there's roots, you mm-hmm. know, into all of that. Where you know, I mean, it's interesting, you know, it's like yeah, the, the whole concept of you die to yourself to to promote what's good, yeah, right, versus. Um, you know, selfishly say, no, I'm going to take what's mine and, and let contribute to corruption, burn. let the yeah. world burn, right? It's just, <clears throat> that's that's what fascinates me about all all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. is like, the world looks at it and goes, oh, it's just entertainment, it's just stuff. I'm like, no, there's roots of truth in yeah. this. And, and that's kind of like Realm of Shadow, right? It's mm-hmm. like, if we could if we could come to a head in, a, in what you claim is entertainment, and then it could be a beachhead for me to say, hey, let's talk about truth, though. Yeah. Great. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't always happen, you know, but if it can, it can. And so um, that's why I'm like, yeah, I'm not like, oh, my gosh, you know, don't look at all that stuff. Sure, you know, I'm like not going to tell the kids to go watch the slasher flick yeah. because, no, you don't need to see that, yeah. you know. Um, but I'm not going to, you know, not go to Midsummer Scream Convention and pass out gospel tracts because, mm-hmm. oh, Halloween's the devil. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, no, those people need Christ, too. So, you know, yeah, that's kind of the concept. Um. So I've, I, I talk to people about this, and I, I wonder what your thoughts are. Sure. Because um, I get accused of this um, promotion of, you know what main character syndrome is? Uh, define it for me. Okay, so the the belief that I have is that I'm, I'm a supporter of main character syndrome, and it's it tends to be a slur where people say, well, you think you're the hero of your story, and you're not. Um, I... And they, they, you know, they associate with that with narcissism. Sure. Whereas I, as a um, big fan of literature, look at being the main character as... No, the main character has the responsibility on them. If you're not a main character, you don't have the responsibility for what is... What I believe is everything. Because I, I, I am a... Um, I firmly believe that we are responsible for the whole world because if my actions positively influence you, then you positively influence everyone else in the world. And so, um, 
therefore I'm responsible for everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because if I negative influence you, you'll it, the chain reaction continues sure. as well. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah, but some people think, no, you're not the main character. That's an arrogant way to <laughs> view the world, thinking that you're the main character because the main character, um, what has all the attention? Right. Well, kind of, we all do have all the attention because the attention comes in our own mind, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if I would define it the way people define it, you yeah. know, because like you. Mm-hmm. Are the main character in your story? Yeah, I think I'm so. the main character in my story, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> now, now, you know, as a believer and a Christian and spiritual truth and all that stuff, you know, um, you know, there, there's you, you could look at some truths and say, look, you are the apple of God's eye, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, every child of God, is the apple of His eye at the same time, right? Yeah. Um, and so there's there's truth into saying that that the effect you have on the world around you. Yeah, there is a ripple effect, you know, there, you know, the butterfly effect concepts, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, but to counter the thoughts is I would say you're responsible for your actions, but you're not responsible for my actions. But do you, do you, could you bear culpability in my actions? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. You know, if, you know, if, if I'm a father who abuses my children Mm -hmm. and my children become abusers, Mm -hmm. I'm culpable. Yeah. Right. I bear responsibility in that. Now, do then my children also, though, have the choice to choose to not do that? Mm-hmm. They do. Mm-hmm. And if they choose to do wrong, I'm not responsible for their choice, but I bear culpability. You know, mm-hmm. and So maybe that's splitting hairs for some people. See, I'll, I'll tell you why I like, the, I, I like this um, to embrace this idea fully. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I think it adds greater value to life um and a greater sense of adventure to put that weight of responsibility on yourself sure because you can uh because essentially what it does is say well i'm aiming for the top because maybe if i'm the best the world will change right you know right yeah i mean there's I, I think what we see in the world today is the opposite. Yeah. The effect of the opposite of that. Yes. I'm responsible for nothing. Nothing's my fault. That's yeah, right. that's that's what a lot of critiques of main character syndrome would say everyone has, is that they all think they're the main character, but really, no, they think they're something else. Because the main character they they think they're Gollum, not Frodo. <laughs> okay. Because Frodo has the responsibility to bring the, to ring, the ring to, to the mountain. He yeah. can't sit back and just wear the ring. Right. Whereas Gollum, that's his whole role, is to just embrace Gollum's the... motivations are purely selfish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where yeah. the main character has to overcome in a, a way yeah. that the side characters don't. They can be static. I would, he I would, has to grow. Yeah, I would add to it that I guess if the main character is... If, if the main character's pursuit of responsibility is unselfishly motivated, mm-hmm. then then that's good. You yeah. know, I think if the main character's pursuit of responsibility is selfishly motivated, mm-hmm. then there then there's a corrupt there's a corruption in the motivation, yeah. a corruption in the heart. That's why I'm like I'm not sure of the definition yeah. or, or how. 
because the main character in any story, whether it's a hero, an anti-hero, you know, da 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 da, all the focus is on them. Yeah. But it doesn't mean it's all about them. It just means the story being told is is through their lens or their perspective. Yes. Right. Yeah. And um, so there's 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 the nuances there. Yeah. That that, you know? that not being about them is, I think, a key point. Yeah. Because the main character is not necessarily who the story. Let me rephrase that. The protagonist <laughs> is go. not necessarily who the story is about. Right. Right. Um, I there is a uh, there is a pastor who I watch a lot on YouTube. Yeah. Um, who I am a huge fan of. Yeah. Uh, um, but refers to uh, God as the protagonist of the Bible. Okay. And in um, my understanding of how literature works, a protagonist is someone who is. Uh, flawed and lacking something and goes on a journey mm. to obtain something. Okay. Um, and so I'm constantly like, now humans are definitely <laughs> the protagonists of the Bible. Right. God's not flawed. They're, so they're the ones a, lacking yeah. something and throughout the story gain the thing that they're yeah. lacking. Yeah. Um, but main character of the Bible, I think that term could be applied to God. Yeah. Whereas the protagonist is the human who grow and attain what they're lacking through the main character. Right, right, right. Um, right. I, I, I compare it to um, Great Gatsby, hmm. where like you ask who the main character of Great Gatsby, well, it's probably Gatsby. Yeah. Where the protagonist is Nick, the narrator, right. who grows and learns by observing the way Gatsby right, is. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree with that, you know, because you're right. I mean, scripturally... You know, it, it's it's everything is about God, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's about Him ultimately. Yeah. You know, even so much as to say where where um, you know the whole process is is because of His holiness and all that. It's like all of creation is to worship Him because He's worth it, right? Mm-hmm. He's worthy of it, and then it's fallen, and there's a restoration of the the worship that He's worthy of, right? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, the the but the story, you know. Um, we're the we're the protagonist in that story that is going like you said on that journey of 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 discovery and restoration and all of that mm-hmm. you know so yeah that's interesting that's... um yeah all right so there there's a <laughs> multiple things i wanted to talk sure. about in this and the um thing after realm of shadows was the uh, community groups i wanted to because yeah. that was that was revealed exclusively <laughs> right? on here the last episode we uh we successfully launched that ministry mm-hmm. in june Mm-hmm. And uh, part of launching that ministry was saying we're no, no longer going to have a midweek congregational mm-hmm. gathering, which has been received uh, mixed. mixed. Yeah, it's been uh, a mixed reception to that. Um, but but the community groups, um, obviously going into that, I was a little worried. Like, are we going to have any? Is yeah. anybody going to want to lead groups? And we had, um, I think, six or seven groups mm-hmm. in our first season. I've been getting stories back from people just like how great the the fellowship was how the the community with the believers there was just enhanced mm-hmm. we had different kinds of groups like yeah. one of them was uh sit down and do uh we're studying through a, a book right a kind of a curriculum if you will one of them was like no we're just cracking open first timothy and just walking through it verse by verse one of them was like we're just going for a walk yeah for for health reasons and but it's a prayer walk so yeah. as we're walking we're praying right and i was just like that was what i was hoping would happen right uh, uh i think i drove variation. past that one yeah. One week. yeah they they i think they were meeting on four o'clock on uh tuesday and wednesday something like that anyways but so 
the the feedback I've been getting has been has been really positive. Yeah. You know, and then of course the next hurdle was like, okay, that was season one. Mm-hmm. Let's see how season two is gonna go, yeah, right? Because because the, the way we set it up is is the season is eight weeks, mm-hmm. and then we have a four week break, and then the next season is eight weeks, and that was just to you know give group leaders a chance to break. Um, mm-hmm. One of our groups, uh, it's a one of our men's groups that meets on Wednesday nights. Um, they've decided we're not gonna break. We're just okay. we're just really we're gonna keep meeting, and then continue meeting through the season, which was an option we gave every group leader. Mm-hmm. You don't have to break. And that's cool. So all these little nuances and little moving pieces of it, they've all come into play yeah. in the in the launch and the development of the ministry. Um, this next season coming up, we have some of our groups that are continuing. We have uh, at least one group that said we're not continuing, and then we've had some new groups join the thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I'm really blessed. I'm yeah. really blessed to see that. Um, some of the stuff we're still praying about and praying through is, you know, for those, and there was a handful of people in the congregation that were like, um, for whatever reason, I don't want to make any assumptions or sound like I'm, I'm making any assumptions. Um, I just like coming to church midweek. Yeah. And and the fact that we don't have that anymore means midweek I go to a different church, which in the big picture kind of defeats the purpose of the community groups. Yeah. You know, it, this this was about you having an opportunity to plug in with your community here at your home church and mm-hmm. build relationships not so much to leave that community and go build relationships in another community. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, different people have different needs and wants. And yeah. so we're still kind of praying through, you know, um, how to address that. You know, our, our youth ministry continued on Wednesday nights where they have a, a youth small group. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they just continue doing what they were already doing on Wednesday. So we've had some parents that, although we don't have church Wednesday nights, they still bring their kids and drop them off on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those, I think, are like they'll drop off their kids and then they're going to another church for church. Yeah. And, and that's fine, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. But it's um, pretty cool. Next, next season is... Um the 33 men starting about Yes, again? we okay. uh, our, our men's and women's ministries, our women's ministry has been thriving for a couple years, yeah. right? And then our men's ministry last, earlier this year um, just started a, hey, guys, we're going to get together and go through a series. And it was really successful, yeah. really wildly successful. So what we decided to do was to have our men's and women's ministries, although they don't necessarily meet the definition of small group, mm-hmm. you know, because they're like, you know, 20, 25 people, you yeah. know, and, and we're, we're like... Let's keep a small group to 10 to 15 people. Mm-hmm. But because it's a men's and women's ministry, um, we're like, let's, let's, let's make, see if they operate within the framework mm-hmm. of a community group. So they meet, meet for eight weeks, right? Just like a community group does. Yep. And so we have four community group seasons each year. Every other season is women's ministry and men's ministry meets. Mm-hmm. So our men's group we have on this next season starting September 19th is we're, we're revisiting uh, not revisiting. We're we're getting our men's ministry back together on Monday nights, and we're gonna um, do what we did in our last season yeah. again. Just the next section. Of- yeah, this this system worked out absolutely perfectly for me nice. um, because I was uh, going to that men's ministry. It ended right around the time it ended. I uh, signed my contract for my next fight, which is coming up in September, September eighteenth. Nice. Um, and so. I was going to have to commit to every single weekday be at the gym, which means that I wouldn't have been able to make it. Right. So it just happened to line up perfectly so that as soon as it ended, I was able to get into the gym every day. And for the community groups, I took two that were 
early mornings yeah. before work. Beautiful. Um, and so I wasn't, I didn't have to miss any days of going to the gym. Yeah. And I also didn't have to miss going to any of these the spiritual community gym. groups. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. see, and that's exactly what the prayer was mm-hmm. that these community groups would meet a need without, um, without taking away from other needs. Right. Yeah. Cause one of the challenges we had with our midweek service was not everybody was available to come to church on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. So there was a group of people not coming to church at all during the week anyways, yeah. right? Um, and then and then it was at night, right? And there's some people it's like, well, you know, midweek, I'm at work or I got this. Or, you know, people like, you know, yourself, you're like, well, I, I, I got gym stuff going on. There's all kinds of different reasons that people weren't able to come to Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Well, now that we kind of like said, hey, let's let's break it out. And now there's something morning night evening afternoon different nights of the week there was the ability to have people plug in Mm -hmm. and then people could plug into multiple things like you did you know or just one and and that was kind of the point and i i love that um you know it's it's you commit for a small amount of time so you can commit right uh because you if you commit to indefinite it's much harder um and so i was able to go to these groups that um I I don't know maybe I wouldn't wouldn't enjoy it and maybe I wouldn't be a good fit um, and right. I was able to go through it all the way, um, you know I went to the Thursday morning early birds with uh, Becca yeah which was a much more um, feminized Bible study <laughs> sure, than sure. probably yeah. would have been good for me but like I was able to go through all of it because yeah. like yeah it's it's for eight weeks let's commit let's see yeah how it, goes. It, it was like a, it was a co-ed gathering but mm-hmm. it was led by Becca she's our secretary and the church here and I think great. besides Will I, oh Richard was there too me Will Richard and Timmy were okay the only so most mostly men. the ladies were yeah Timmy. so yeah. it was mostly women um and then I went to Nathan Vanderbreaks on Tuesday mornings, yeah. which um, was a lot of people. I mean, I'm older now, um, <laughs> but I still think of myself as a child. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I, it, you know, a group of adults where like I get to um, push my boundaries yeah. in social interactions yeah. because I'm committed only to eight weeks, and right. let's see how I can grow in these eight weeks. That's that was that was the point of that, right? Yeah. You know, uh, one of the challenges in the past um, with with small group ministry here at our church is uh, people don't like letting people down, right? Yeah. This is this is why and I'm overgeneralizing here, and I get it, but this is why we live in a culture where people go, "Hey, dude, you want to get together on Saturday?" And oh, let me pray about that. I'll let you know because yeah. because we struggle with saying no mm-hmm. because we go oh that means i hate them no it yeah. doesn't it just means i'm sorry i can't commit to that but then we don't want to commit to yes because then it's like oh my gosh am i committed to this for the rest of my life yep and uh so i'm, I'm glad it was a blessing to you to say no let's it's an eight-week commitment mm-hmm. you know if if it really is a bad fit because i mean come on truth be told yeah. we're christians but we don't all get along. We don't all have personalities that jive together. And if you happen to be in a group of people and you're like, you know, I just don't really click with these people. Yeah, we don't all get the same motivation. <laughs> right, right. Some of us need um, <clears throat> some of us need a reassuring kind of motivation, yeah. like everything's all right. And some of us need, hey, no, everything's not all right. You need <laughs> right. to fix things. Right. It's it's and then and then that's going to shift throughout our life, right? Yeah. We're going to be in different seasons where we're going to need different motivations. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm super glad that worked out, yeah. you know. And um, 
That's and really cool. I'm I'm excited to get back to the 33 men's. Um, I'm yeah. interested because in that last time we had our little small groups within the big group. Yeah. So I'm interested to see uh, what different people yeah. and what same people will be in my yeah. small group. Um, that was a that was we actually took that from the women's ministry. Oh yeah. The way they did their thing because they would meet, they would have a teaching, like it was a collective teaching. <coughs> Excuse me. And then they would break into small groups and kind of have more more focused uh, application, and the testimony of that, mm-hmm. I was like, hey, that's that's really great, you know. And you know, guys, kind of you know, generalizing, you know, guys struggle more than the ladies do yeah. with let's open up together and talk, mm-hmm. right? So we thought, hey, let's try and give opportunity for it to happen. Yeah, and it was it was huge. Yeah, it was such it, a blessing. It felt like um, I don't want to say forced. Um, but because it was a small enough group where we'd ask a question and yeah. everyone would give an answer to right, every question, right. it, it, I mean, force is the best word that I can think of, <laughs> but it forces yourself to really <clears throat> formulate the answers yeah. to the questions as opposed to being like, I don't really have an answer to this. Yeah. It was, I, you might say as we set the table, yeah. right? And allowed everybody to come to the table and mm-hmm. participate, you yeah. know? And but yeah, forced is, is a great way because sometimes it's like that's what we need. Yeah, because if if you just ask a question to a group, um, I am the type of person who will be like, I'll let other people answer this. Right. I don't need to be the one to yeah. give to this. And if it if the silence goes on too long, maybe I'll say something. <laughs> right, right. Um, but I'll wait and be the last <clears throat> one called on yeah. if everyone's called on, and then have an answer. If I especially if I know like. I'm going to have to give an answer at some right. point. I am going to engage yeah. and give it more, much more thought. Yeah. Because I, I think that um, a lot of things, like, this may be just for me, but I think it's for other people as well. We don't, um, we don't really know what we think about something until we have to formulate it into words. Yeah. Um, are you... Have you gotten into Jordan Peterson yet? I, I've watched a lot of his stuff. Okay. Yeah. So in his second book, one of the rules is um, don't leave something in the fog that okay. doesn't have to be. Um, and that, that fog is that concept of I know it's there, but I haven't defined it, so it's not quite real yet. Got it. Got um, it. And I think that that's how a lot of people are with a lot of things where, yeah. like, if I'm not – if not – if I don't have to put it in the words, it doesn't exist for me. Yeah, and I, I think that's that's true. Yeah. I mean, especially with uh, with spiritual truths mm-hmm. and the accountability that comes with spiritual truths. Mm-hmm. If we don't define the truth, then we're not accountable to it. Yeah, you know. And what's good for us spiritually, um, if we don't think about it, then we're not. Uh, held to account to live it right yeah. and so it's like leave it nebulous right mm-hmm. leave leave it out there in the fog you know and that's why i like the group i'm glad we're doing it again you know yeah. because it, it really gives a platform and a safe platform right mm-hmm. a, a place of safety to go okay i could open up i could yeah i could share my heart because you know i'm not doing it in front of a thousand people it's yep. just these five guys that i'm sitting here with and uh, so yeah I'm, I'm pretty excited yeah um, and so we are past an hour now, oh, wow. um, and so we're going to wrap it up. Um, is there anything <clears throat> that you want people to check out? Anything that you want people looking out for? Oh gosh! Well, I mean, I, you know, I would be remiss to not say, hey, if you don't have a church, we're here for right. you, right? Yeah. You know, plug the church, Hosanna Christian Fellowship. Yeah, I can endorse it. It's yeah. a pretty good one. <laughs> hey. 
I got I got something to say after this. Yeah, all right on. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, it's Realm of Shadow. We're we're looking to do our outreach again in October. You know, awesome. If you have questions about it, you know, uh, reach out to us. You know, we've we've had a lot of pushback, and so we've. Um, spent some time in prayer and figuring out and just kind of help trying to help people understand why we're doing this outreach mm-hmm. um, and then you know just yeah man your fight bro you know yeah I, that, was, you, that was about to be what i plugged <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, september 18th nice i'm going to be in a pancreas bout i'm going to be open hand slapping kicking grappling and i it's my belt is on the line. The belt wow. I won in jujitsu last October is now on the line for this one. Um, and if I defend it three times, I get to keep it forever. That's awesome. And so All that's right. my goal. Is okay. For my my fighting career, my goal is to defend my belt three times, get to keep it, and be like, all right, that's my yeah. that's my competition day is over. Oh, um, Excited but, for that, bro. Yes. Uh, so if you guys listening want to come see a fight, that's the day to do it. Right. Okay. Where's it at? It's at um, my gym, Aguilar's Combat Concepts in Linwood. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Right off the right off the seven ten on Imperial. Nice. It's a small place, hard to find, but if you can find <laughs> it, it's nice and cozy. Hey, man. Plan yep. on being there. It's gonna be cool. Yes. Awesome. Nice. All right. Thank you so much hey, for thanks, sitting man. down with me again. All right, brother. This has been fun.